Life's too short. Life's too damn short. With your fun fitness friend, Melanie Cole, MS. I don't know about fun fitness friend, but I am your fitness friend and your nutrition friend and your lifestyle friend and all of those kinds of things. I just want to be your friend. But today we're talking about fitness and we're talking about HIT training, high intensity interval training. You've heard about it in the media. It's gone up and down on the American Fitness Index and the the fitness trends from the American College of Sports Medicine. You've seen it rise up and then kind of come down just a little bit off the thing. So it's an interesting aspect, something that trainers use and people are looking to it as a way to sort of burn fat quickly, if that's what it does. And it can be both good and bad. And we're talking today with Brian Parr. He's the Associate Professor of Exercise and Sports Science at the University of South Carolina, Aiken. So Dr. Parr, let's talk about HIIT training. First, tell the listeners what it is. Sure. So high intensity interval training is a a form of exercise where you alternate very intense, that's the high intensity part, um, short bouts of exercise. So Instead of getting on a treadmill or an elliptical for 30 minutes, you're doing something more in the maybe one to five minute range and alternating doing that at a high intensity with um, short intervals of rest or much lighter exercise. Okay, so people can do this while they're doing whatever it is, cardio that they're doing, or even during weight training, they can sort of stop and jump around for a while, get their heart rate up real high, and then go back. Are there risks to it? Well, sure there are. There's risks to, to any type of exercise. The one thing I would say, though, about, about if you're doing real, true, high-intensity interval training, it's really hard if you get the high-intensity intervals as high as they're supposed to be. And it can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people. You know, I've done some, some HIIT workouts myself that at the end, I mean, I, I really, really need some recovery when I'm done, um, just simply because the, the workloads are, are so incredibly high. And I, I think that's probably the biggest issue for people. Um, it really is self-regulated, though. So if you're on the treadmill and you're running at a fast speed and, and you feel like you, you can't go anymore, you can, you can just slow it down, right? So... It isn't, um, I think people can kind of avoid uh, injuries a lot or any other problems, but it, it really is uncomfortable. And so for people who are just getting started with exercise, um, who are not accustomed to doing hard work, it might not be the best way to get started. So I've been using it on and off with my train- with my clients over the years, Dr. Parr, and it's also something that because my client base tends to be on the older side that I'm so, so careful with. And for trainers out there, you have to really, if you plan on using this as a method of training with your clients, you must pay attention. This isn't something, you know, you're looking around the room or paging through a magazine while they do this. You have to actually pay attention because this has got some side things that can be going on. But I kind of keep it on the low end of the high intensity, like maybe they'll do some modified burpees or a few push-ups against the wall or a jumping jack on the ball or something like that to get their heart rate up, but then we bring it down. So I think it has to be modified based on what you can handle. As you said, it's not that comfortable. No. And the nice thing about it is it really can be modified in any number of ways. You can change how hard you're working during those intense intervals. You can change how long those intervals are. You can have a longer rest period in between intervals. So the nice thing is that you really can modify it in, in almost an unlimited number of ways. Um, but it is, you know, for people who are, who are new to it, um, certainly for trainers and, and people who are supervising exercise, 
you know, really keeping an eye on the person and make sure they're doing okay is, is important. Well, it is. So what is, So what's involved? I mean, if somebody wants to take it up and maybe try it themselves, they're working out, maybe they're on the treadmill. So you, you recommend what, picking up the speed a little or getting off and doing something else, jumping jacks, push-ups, and then getting back on. Give us a little hit training workout. Um, so I'll give you an example from um, a, a sort of a what seems to be consistent with a lot of the research is they'll have people exercising on a cycle ergometer, so a stationary bike. And they will have them pedaling against a very, very high resistance, very, very hard. And they'll have them do that for maybe 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And then they'll have them take maybe between one and three minutes um, of much lighter resistance pedaling. Um, And then they'll go back and do another work interval and another wrist interval. These are the kind of workouts when you see in the news where they say, you know, four minutes of exercise is enough or or can you believe there's a one-minute workout? This is the kind of exercise that they're doing. It's, you know, a one-minute workout that was in the news about a year ago was three 20-second intervals of very, very intense cycling, separated by a few minutes of rest. And what can people expect as far as results? I mean, do you personally think that it brings... People are always looking for anaerobic results, which anaerobic is kind of hard to train. I mean, you can, it's a, it's a sort of a genetic component based on fiber type, and, but there's a little bit of training that can go in, you know, involved with anaerobic. Do you think it trains anaerobic? Do you think people can increase their, you know, capacity, their exercise capacity when they do HIIT training? Oh, sure. And, it, and not only is it good for anaerobic training, it's good for aerobic training. So our best measure of aerobic fitness, the VO2 max, the maximal amount of oxygen you can use, that's used as, as an endpoint in some of these studies. So what they'll say in the studies is that you know one group of subjects will do um, a HIIT training program for a series of weeks, and another group will do a more traditional you know, 45 minutes of continuous exercise at a lower intensity, and they'll measure VO2 max before and after, and they'll find that the group that does the the high-intensity interval training has improvements in VO2 max that are really close or maybe a little bit better than the group that does a traditional training. And they also look at what's happening inside the muscle, how the muscle is changing, Um, because your ability to exercise at a high intensity for a long time is in part due to your heart and your lungs, but it's also due to how well your muscle can make energy and, and, and um, keep producing force over time. And they show improvements in the muscle that, that are similar to, to longer um, but less intense exercise. So do you find that people like it, or do they just do it because they think it's good for them? Um, you know, I think some of both. I think the the hit training where you get on a, a cyclergometer or a treadmill and, and you kind of run yourself to death or cycle yourself to death. I think there are some people that like that because <laughs> they like the challenge. But what's nice about HIIT training is it's showing up everywhere. You, you had mentioned before, you know, you could do uh, burpees as a high-intensity interval and then separate that with some other exercise that's a little bit lighter. So you can incorporate HIIT training to do almost anything um, where you have a, a you know, hard, intense work interval and then a relatively light rest interval. And so... You know, if people don't like it, they might be doing it wrong. There's probably a way to, to pick some exercises that really almost anyone would enjoy. So how often would you tell people, first, how often a week or how often during a workout would you suggest adding this in? Well, you know, if you look at some types of training, so take something like like 
CrossFit or other high-intensity functional training workouts, they, they kind of follow this pattern a little bit, right? It's, it's several minutes of intense exercise separated by periods of relative rest, and then you do something else for a few minutes, and then you get a little bit of a break. Um, and so you can find it um, almost anywhere. I think um, the, the trick would be that, that people who want to do this um, figure out what they can do and what's enough for them and work that in their workout if they, if they want to do it. Um, I usually, you know, if I'm really pushed for time, um, I might go down and do, you know, a really short 10-minute um, hit workout on a, on a cyclergometer on a, on a treadmill. And that gets me, I mean, I'm beat at the end of that, and I can, I can get, you know, a lot of benefit in really quickly. Um, I don't necessarily do it every day, um, but there's no reason I couldn't if that's something I wanted to do. But it doesn't replace a full-on cardio, because some people say, well, if I do 10 minutes of high-intensity, is that going to just replace the 30 to 40 minutes or the 150 minutes a week that we like to have? Does that replace it? Well, if you're measuring um, changes to your muscle or your VO2 max, it probably does. But that isn't what most people are doing. Here's an example of when it might not work so well. Say you're training for, say, a, a 10K run or a half marathon or a marathon, right? Having a high VO2 max will help you do well in those events, and you can increase your VO2 max doing HIIT training. But you would be foolish to think that you could train yourself for two or more hours of running um, by exercising for 10 minutes or less in the gym every day. Um, so I, I do think while it can create some beneficial changes, you have to look at what your goals are. And you know, certainly something like a, a half marathon or marathon, you, you're out there running for two, three, four hours or more. Um, and if the longest exercise bout you've ever done is 10 minutes, you're going to be in for a really rude awakening, I think. So, Dr. Parr, big question. Everybody asks me all the time for however many years I've been doing this. It's a very long time, and we don't like to think about that. But so people say, do I burn more calories? Do I burn fat? You know, and we know cardio burns fat when you do it, and nice long, slow-distance training, whatever, get to your steady state, and then weight training burns fat after the fact because you're building muscle. So where does HIT fit into that because are people thinking that they're burning fat at these high intensities? What's going on physiologically? Well, I think there's two things you have to keep in mind. One is the what you're burning during the exercise, and the other one is what you're burning after the exercise. So when you do traditional aerobic training at a you know moderate intensity, you're primarily using fat as a fuel. So you're burning fat while you're on the elliptical or on the treadmill or, or swimming. Um, with the HIIT training, you're not, you might not necessarily be burning um, the same amount of fat in a short workout, but what happens afterwards is you'll continue to um, use up energy to help replenish what you use during the workout, and that's where you can, can start using more fat. And that's like you said, how, how people say, you know, when they do resistance training, they burn most of the fat afterwards. It's what people call the, the afterburn, right? Um, and it's true that that, that exists and, and that that's definitely something that happens. Um, but there isn't a lot of research on using HIIT training only to help people lose weight. Uh, and I think, you know, looking at what most people recommend for people wanting to lose weight, to burn fat to lose weight, um, it's, it's longer, more continuous exercises is what's um, primarily recommended. So wrap it up for us, Dr. Parr. What you, what you want people to know about HIIT training and, and also speaking to the trainers out there about using this type of training, what to be careful of? Because it is something, I mean, I've seen people at the clubs and various 
other trainers doing things that I go, oh, geez, it kind of makes me cringe a little. Mm-hmm. And But I mean, with a younger person, hey, give them the burpees, do all that stuff. But then when it's an older person or something, you're like, oh, my God, you know, but you can't always go up and say stuff. So like yeah. I can say stuff here because, yeah, it's my job. But, you know, you can't always go up and say stuff to people. So you can say stuff. So say it now what you want people to know about doing it themselves or to the trainers about using it. I think that high-intensity interval training can be a good way for people to improve their fitness. It can be a good way for people to kind of break up the boredom that they might have by doing the same work every day. But like you said, people need to be careful. It can be really hard. And for people who aren't accustomed to doing very hard work, it could be too much for them. Um, And I think that that people who are doing this on their own, and I think that personal trainers need to keep in mind, um, you know, look, take into account who you're working with and and if they can handle it and and tailor as needed by alternating the intensity or the duration of of the work or, or rest interval. It's really great advice, and and it's something that you can look to. It's a great way to get yourself in shape. I use it. I know lots of trainers that do. So try HIIT training. If you're feeling bored, if you're feeling like your workout just is not giving you what you want, it's not really challenging you, because that's another thing that I notice with my clients is that they want to feel a little more challenged. And when I get their heart rates up and they have to like stop for a second, catch their breath a little bit, then they feel like they're really working out with the little air bunnies in next to it. They really feel like they're getting something besides just walking on the treadmill or moving around on the elliptical or the bike. And it combines a whole bunch of different phases of workouts. So try HIIT training if you've never done it before. And trainers out there, be careful if you're using it. Know who your client is. Know what you're doing with it and keep your eye on them while they're doing it because it can signal other kinds of problems. So, you know, that's really what it's all about here at Life's Too Short. You want to you wanna look at all the different things and try everything. And of course, when we're working with the American College of Sports, Motiv- Sports Medicine, we are motivating and performing because that's really what it's all about. And remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review because that way like-minded people can get involved and we can all share what we know and learn things from each other. And that's what it's all about. This is Melanie Cole for Radio MD. Stay well.